What's going on, Fight fans? We are back after a week of hiatus. This is Get the KO. I am your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. And as always, I've got Anthony Lujan, but you can call me Lou. So, what's going on, guys? About the past two fight events, and then we're going to preview UFC 217. Also, tonight, just to give you guys a heads up, if you go and check out the blog for you. Forget the KO, you're definitely going to see a, uh, kind of more of an in-depth preview of UFC 217 as well. So kind of give you an idea of what the topic's going to be about. So let's just jump right into it, Anthony. Let's talk about this past event that happened October 21st out in Poland, man. So what did you think of the last two fights? Um, it's one of these, one of the, uh, I didn't get to watch these fights because I was in the, uh, I was playing military with the National Guard. Um but again, I'd be able to watch the highlights with these. You had the the main card I, is the biggest one I'm going to talk about, and you got you had uh, that Kale versus uh, Donald Cerrone. I can't you can't call him Cowboy unless he starts winning again. Um, uh, Donald just doesn't look like himself. He is he's I think he's on a three fight lose streak. Um, Till is a beast, and he then he called out Mike Perry and Platinum Perry, and him will be a really good fight. Yeah, there's no doubt, man. So, you know, uh, let's talk really quick before um, the Carolina Kowalski uh, versus Jody Esquibley, uh fight. I'm sorry if I slaughtered both your guys' names. It is what it is. Um, but we had a decision fight for Carolina, which was really good, man. 30-27, 30-27, 30-26. Um, and then, of course, you know, as we just mentioned, right, so Darren Till uh, defeated uh, Donald Cerrone uh, by TKO with punches. It was, uh, it was a quick punch. It was a quick uh, – I think it was a right, if I remember right, looking at the at – the, at the fight uh and you know darren till he did he called out mike perry and you're right man that you know it seems like both guys are very heated both guys are passionate about wanting to get into the ufc and fight each other so i'm definitely interested to see if um dana white made that fight happen especially after mike perry is already scheduled to fight one uh fight already later uh later this year yeah i i agree with you um I don't think this fight's going to happen for probably another half a year just because of, of uh, Mike uh, Perry's schedule already. Um, and I th- what I think it was, I think it wasn't a right hand. I think it was a right elbow. I think he connected with a fast elbow that that stunned uh, Cerrone. And um, Derek Hill, he's on a tear right now. He's, he's looking really good, and uh, he's going to be scary to watch in the next few fights. Yeah, so on December 16th, uh, Santiago Pozinga Bobo is scheduled to fight Mike Perry on the UFC on Fox Lawler versus Dos Anjos card. So, yeah, we're definitely seeing, um, we'll definitely see Mike Perry fighting in December, and then hopefully we can see uh, either like February or March time frame where we're going to see Till versus uh, Perry because it, it legitimately looks like both guys want to fight each other, and it's kind of something that the sport's been missing is two guys who legitimately want to fight each other. And it's, it's good to see that there's somebody out there who just really wants to get in the ring with somebody else. Um, yeah. And these two beat both these two dudes are ready to blow. I mean, Mike Perry, uh, uh, he went out there to, to Poland and watched that fight and for, uh, for Darren Taylor to call him out. I, I'm excited to see that. So you're right. Uh, Perry fights in December, so three months later, maybe. So we are looking about that, about that five or six month down the line. Maybe we might be able to get them in March or April. Yeah, there's no doubt, man. So I, I actually, you know, Darren Till kind of surprised me, and I don't know why. I mean, he's been on a tear before. 
and just kind of coming up the ranks. He's, it's not like he's a, a rookie in the game. He's a veteran in the sport. And uh, just kind of seeing him come up and just finish off Cerrone as quickly as he did, I think that's probably what surprised me most about him. So seeing that he's coming back and just making waste to people, it's it's definitely it's scary to see, and he's definitely going to be a, a contender to look forward to in the future. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we just don't know what what where where, where does Donald Cerrone go with this now? Um, I, he he was on a fight four fight win streak against uh, against people like Alex uh, Cowboy Olivia, uh, Patrick Cote, Rick Story, and then that not and that knockout of Matt Brown. But since then, he got KO'd by Jorge Mazaval. He lost to Robbie Lawler, which was a really good fight. And then now this Darren, then Darren Till KO. So where do you see Donald Cerrone going now? You know, it's tough, man, because I think Donald, Donald acts like he still has a lot. What's going on, Fight fans? We are back after a week of hiatus. This is Get the KO. I am your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. And as always, I've got Anthony Lujan, but you can call me Lou. So what's going on, guys? About the past two fight events, and then we're going to preview UFC 217. Also tonight, just to give you guys a heads up, if you go and check out the blog for Forget the KO, you're definitely going to see a, a kind of more of an in-depth preview of UFC 217 as well. So kind of give you an idea of what the topic's going to be about. So let's just jump right into it, Anthony. Let's talk about this past event that happened October 21st out in Poland, man. So what did you think of the last two fights? Um, it's one of these, one of the, uh, I didn't get to watch these fights because I was in the, uh, I was playing military with the National Guard. Um, but again, I'd be able to watch the highlights with these. You had the, the main card I, is the biggest one I'm going to talk about. And you got, you had, uh, uh, Kale versus, uh, Donald Cerrone. I can't, you can't call him Cowboys unless he starts winning again. Um, uh, Donald just doesn't look like himself. He is, he's, I think he's on a, Three fight lose streak. Um, Till is a beast, and he then he called out Mike Perry and Platinum Perry, and him will be a really good fight. Yeah, there's no doubt, man. So you know, uh, let's talk really quick before um, the Carolina Kowalski uh, versus Jody Esquibley, uh fight. I'm sorry if I slaughtered both your guys' names. It is what it is. Um, but we had a decision fight for Carolina, which was really good, man. 30-27, 30-26. Um, and then of course, you know, as we just mentioned, right? So Darren Till. Uh, defeated uh, Donald Cerrone uh, by TKO with punches. It was a uh, it was a quick punch. It was a quick. Uh, I think it was a right, if I remember right. Looking at the at the at the fight, uh, and you know Darren Till, he did. He called out Mike Perry, and you're right, man. That you know it seems like both guys are very heated. Both guys are passionate about wanting to get into the UFC and fight each other. So I'm definitely interested to see if um, Dana White made that fight happen. Especially after Mike Perry is already scheduled to fight one uh, fight already later uh, later this year. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I, I don't think this fight's gonna happen for probably another half a year just because of of uh, Mike uh, Perry's schedule already. Um, and I, what I think it was, I think it wasn't a right hand. I think it was a right elbow. I think he connected with a fast elbow that that stunned uh, Cerrone and. Um, Derek Hill, he's on a tear right now. He's, he's looking really good and, uh, he's going to be scary to watch in the next few fights. Yeah. So on December 16th, uh, Santiago Pozinga Bobo is scheduled to fight Mike Perry on the UFC on Fox Lawler versus Dos Anjos card. So yeah, we're definitely seeing, um, 
we'll definitely see Mike Perry fighting in December, and then hopefully we can see uh, either like February or March time frame where we're going to see Till versus uh, Perry. Because it, it legitimately looks like both guys want to fight each other, and it's kind of something that the sport's been missing is two guys who legitimately want to fight each other, and it's it's good to see that there's somebody out there who just really wants to get in the ring with somebody else. Um, yeah, and these two, both these two dudes are ready to blow. I mean, Mike Perry, uh, uh, he went out there to to Poland and watched that fight, and for uh, for Darren Till to call him out, I, I'm excited to see that. So you're right, uh, Perry fights in December, so three months later, maybe. So we are looking about that about that five or six month down the line. Maybe we might be able to get them in March or April. Yeah, there's no doubt, man. So I, I actually, you know, Darren Till kind of surprised me, and I don't know why. I mean, he's been on a tear before and just kind of coming up the ranks. He's, it's not like he's a, a rookie in the game. He's a veteran in the sport. And uh, just kind of seeing him come up and just finish off Cerrone as quickly as he did, I think that's probably what surprised me most about him. So seeing that he's coming back and just making waste to people, it's it's definitely it's scary to see, and he's definitely going to be a, a contender to look forward to in the future. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we just don't know what, what, where, where, where does Donald Cerrone go with this now? Um, I, he, he was on a fight four fight win streak against, uh, against people like Alex, uh, Cowboy, Olivia, uh, Patrick Cote, Rick Story, and then that not, and that knockout of Matt Brown. But since then he got KO'd by Jorge Mazaval. he, Lost to Robbie Lawler, which was a really good fight, and then now this Darren, then Darren Till KO. So where do you see Donald Cerrone going now? You know it's tough, man, because I think Donald Donald acts like he still has a lot in the gas tank, but judging by his last few fights, I don't really know if he has a lot in the gas tank left. I mean, like you said, he is on a three fight losing streak. Uh, Mazadal Lawler, and then now Till, and uh, you know he's he's still a tough competitor. I mean, he's still kind of a benchmark for fighters, but I don't know where he goes, man. I think it's not it's not time for him to kind of hang him up. I don't think that part. But I definitely don't think that it's um, – I don't think it's looking too promising, man. It's not, not title fight numbers that will be coming out. So we'll have to definitely keep an eye on him and just kind of see what's going to happen. But, you know, when you're, you're 32 and 10, you know, if you might have three or four more fights left in you before you really have to make that decision on whether it's time to hang him up or not. Yeah, does he does he go does he go to does he stay in the welterweight division and and continuously fight right there where he's comfortable and not having to do a weight loss or does does he go back down to uh does he go back down to middleweight where he has to where he'll have to fight like people like Edson Barboza, Eddie Alvarez again. Um it's just it's he since he jumped up it's he's kind of we thought that was a really good move for him for jumping up. He he showed it against Matt Brown and Rick Story, but since then he just he he's not the same. Uh, I'm gonna call him Cowboy Cerrone, and we, we can't call him Cowboy Cerrone until he starts winning again. And I don't know when that's gonna be. Yeah, so he definitely probably sits more better. He's sorry, he's just better in the lightweight, but yeah, unfortunately, um, it's just rough, really rough for him right now. So we'll have to keep an eye, like I said, and see if he. Decides that he ultimately wants to move back down to the to the seventy bracket or the fifty five. No, the fifty five bracket. He needs to get down that fifty five and fight from there. Yeah. So so next week we did have uh, Carolina. She did get her a win, and so 
Um, before that, she's had two straight losses to the champ, uh, Joanna, and then Claudia Gadella. She, uh, so this puts her – I think this win that, that she had, it was um, – I think it was pretty convincing. She uh, she dominated the fight on the uh, on the on on the feet, and then she also got one or two takedowns. I do think that this kind of does put her back in that title contention picture. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, no doubt, man. She's definitely a tough. She's tough, you know. And I like watching her fight. She's definitely got a, good, a lot of good things going for her. So I'm definitely seeing, uh, you know, she gets another one, another win or so, and maybe we'll see her back in that title fight. Uh, contention. The crazy thing is that she does have a win over Thug Rose. So, you know, seeing her possibly come back in the ring, uh, come back in the octagon here in a few months, if Thug Rose isn't successful in getting this title from Yoan, uh, I definitely think that, uh, you know, you definitely should be looking at uh, Carolina to go back in. Yep, I agree. Let's move on. Um, so let's talk about this uh, card that happened last night. We had uh, Derek Brunson versus Le- Leota Machida. You had uh, Colby Covington versus Damian Maya, and the other one I really wanted to talk touch up on who was uh, was is, uh, Pedro Munoz getting the uh, performance of the night with that submission over Rob Funt. Um, these are those three of the big fights that happened last night. What did you think of that card? Uh, I thought it was a great card all around, um, especially. I mean, you're looking at the last three fights with some great um, fights between. Uh, you know, Pedro, Colby, and uh, Derek Brunson. So, I mean, they definitely came out and showed up. But I think the Tiago Santos versus Jack Hermanson fight was definitely something that really caught my eye. Just right off the start, uh, Tiago came out. He was – him and Jack were trading blows back and forth. And then all of a sudden, Tiago uh, got the one up. And Jack moved back. He got hit with an uppercut, dropped to the ground. With one second left in the first round, Tiago finished the fight. So it was definitely crazy. Yeah, I uh, th- and we talk about we talk about these fights that these aren't pay per view fights, and these are the fights that we, you really want to. If you if 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 you're a follower of the UFC, these are the fights that you kind of want to like pay attention to. They're free. They're on cable TV or they're on the Fight Pass, and 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 this card did not did not uh did not uh, point us at all. There's there's quite a few finishes in this in this on this whole card. Yeah, there was, where you had uh, submissions and you had great knockouts. It was definitely a, a great back and forth. So uh, one of my favorite fights, one of the favorite fights too on there was that usually Jim Miller's fight with uh, Francisco Trinaldo, man, where two dudes just going to blows, going back and forth, battling out. And, you know, I think even the judges were kind of iffy, even though that they gave it uh, all three rounds were to Francisco, but – 29-28 in the gas tank, but judging by his last few fights, I don't really know if he has a lot in the gas tank left. I mean, like you said, he is on a three-fight losing streak, uh, Mazadal, Lawler, and then now Till. And, uh, you know, he's he's still a tough competitor. I mean, he's still kind of a benchmark for fighters, but I don't know where he goes, man. I think it's not, it's not time for him to kind of hang him up. I don't think that part. But I definitely don't think that it's um, – I don't think it's looking too promising, man. It's not – not title fight numbers that will be coming out. So we'll have to definitely keep an eye on him and just kind of see what's going to happen. But, you know, when you're, you're 32 and 10, you know, if you might have three or four more fights left in you before you really have to make that decision on whether it's time to hang them up or not. Yeah. Does he, does he go, does he go to, 
does he stay in the welterweight division and, and continuously fight right there where he's comfortable and not having to do a weight loss? Or does does he go back down to uh does he go back down to middleweight where he has to where he'll have to fight like people like Edson Barboza, Eddie Alvarez again? Um it's just it's he since he jumped up, it's he's kind of we thought that was a really good move for him for jumping up. He he showed it against Matt Brown and Rick Story, but since then he just he he's not the same uh I'm going to call him Cowboy Cerrone, and we can't call him Cowboy Cerrone until he starts winning again, and I don't know when that's going to be. Yeah, so he definitely probably sits mm-hmm. more better. He's sorry, sits better in a lightweight, but, yeah, unfortunately, um, it's just rough, really rough for him right now. So we'll have to keep an eye, like I said, and see if he decides that he ultimately wants to move back down to the to the 70 bracket or the 55, no, the 55 bracket. He needs to get down to that 55 and fight from there. Yeah, so so next week we did have uh, Carolina. She did get her a win, and so um, before that she's had two straight losses to the champ, uh, Joanna, and then Claudia Gadella. She, uh, so this puts her – I think this win that, that she had, it was um, – I think it was pretty convincing. She uh, she dominated the fight on the uh, – on the on on the feet, and then she also got one or two takedowns. I do think that this kind of does put her back in that title contention picture. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, no doubt, man. She's definitely a tough. She's tough, you know. And I like watching her fight. She's definitely got a, good, a lot of good things going for her. So I'm definitely seeing, uh, you know, she gets another one, another win or so, and maybe we'll see her back in that title fight uh, contention. The crazy thing is that she does have a win over Thug Rose, so. You know, seeing her possibly come back in the ring, uh, come back in the octagon here in a few months if Thug Rose isn't successful in getting this title from Yoan, uh, I definitely think that, uh, you know, you definitely should be looking at uh, Carolina to go back in. Yep, I agree. Let's move on. Um, so let's talk about this uh, card that happened last night. We had uh, Derek Brunson versus Leota Moschita. You had. Uh, Kobe Covington versus Damian Maya, and the other one I really wanted to talk to touch up on who was uh, was is, uh, Pedro Munoz getting the uh, performance of night with that submission over Rob Funt. Um, these are those three of the big fights that happened last night. What did you think of that card? Uh, I thought it was a great card all around. Um, especially, I mean, you're looking at the last three fights with some great um, fights between. Uh, you know, Pedro, Colby, and uh, Derek Brunson. So, I mean, they definitely came out and showed up. But I think the Tiago Santos versus Jack Hermanson fight was definitely something that really caught my eye. Just right off the start, uh, Tiago came out. He was – him and Jack were trading blows back and forth. And then all of a sudden, Tiago uh, got the one up. And Jack moved back. He got hit with an uppercut, dropped to the ground. With one second left in the first round, Tiago finished the fight. So it was definitely crazy. Yeah, I uh, th- and we talk about we talk about these fights that these aren't pay per view fights, and these are the fights that we really want to. If you if 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 you're a follower of the UFC, these are the fights that you kind of want to like pay attention to. They're free. They're on cable TV or they're on the Fight Pass, and 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 this card did not did not uh did not uh, point us at all. There's there's quite a few finishes in this in this on this whole card. Yeah, there was, where you had uh, submissions and you had great knockouts. It was definitely a, a great back and forth. So uh, one of my favorite fights, one of the favorite fights too on there was that usually Jim Miller's fight with uh, Francisco Trinaldo, man, where 
two dudes just going to blows, going back and forth, battling out. And, you know, I think even the judges were kind of iffy, even though that they gave it uh, all three rounds were to Francisco. But 29-28, 29-28, 29-28, you kind of have to sit there back and say, well, this, close, this fight was pretty close to say that, hey, you know what? It, it was, um, you know, Jim Miller came out and grabbed a round from, you know, one of those rounds. And uh, Francisco definitely got punt, uh ended up taking the other two. So it, it could be one of those fights that, you know, if it's in a different spot, maybe not in, in Brazil, it may be back in the U.S. and Jim Miller is fighting again. Could have been 29, 28 uh, Jim Miller. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that, that's part of what uh, – part of the uh, – the the deal with leaving it into the judges' hands that we've talked about this over and over and over. Um, one of you now it now uh, Jim Miller, uh, he's on a, a three fight losing streak. He's lost to Dustin Poirier and Showtime Pettis. Um, before then, he had a, a three fight win streak, but now he's on the losing streak. So we got to kind of see what's going to happen with him and here in the next few, next uh, next few months. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. No doubt at all, man. So. What did you feel about um, the next fight, man? Ending in a submission guillotine. It was definitely uh, definitely a well-rounded victory for um, for Pedro Minozo um, over Rob Rob Funt. It was some. It's one of those things, man, where you knew it was going to happen. You saw the moves. You saw like the technique going in, and sure enough, it happened, man. So, how did you feel about uh, how did you feel about the fight? Uh, that one, I I barely got to watch a little bit of it. I got to watch the last part of that first round where he got that got the guillotine in. Um, from what from what I did get to gather on that, we uh, Rob Font did look like he was throwing a bunch of punches. Looked like he was landing them. I mean, going to our, where we get our stats at UFC.com, and he was thirty for sixty eight and thirty for sixty eight on both significant and total strikes. And uh, Pedro Munoz was. 40 or 20 of 48 on both those two. So uh, it looked like these guys were going for a quick second and then decided to switch it up. And somehow the Rob got in that, uh, Pedro got that, that got into that position to get that guillotine and choked him out. Yeah, no, it was a great move, man. Especially with Pedro getting in, just kind of sliding in and just trying not to finish the fight, man. So I definitely have to give a huge shout out to Pedro for that win. It was definitely massive and, you know, great job for him. Moving on, man, we have the Colby Covington fight versus Damian Maya. This was one something that I don't know how I felt about the fight. I knew Colby was going to win. It was definitely a good win, but it was um, definitely frustrating mm-hmm. because he kept, you know, when you go to refer to somebody, you can't tell them that they have a dad bod. That's just not cool and just keep making fun of them and consistently about it. And I think that was the one thing I think I had a huge problem with. And is that with was that what Kobe Covington said? I didn't catch a lot of that interview. Is it, but is that what he, what was happening? Yeah, he was talking a lot of trash about Damian Maya and about how he had a dad bod and that he wasn't um like he you know he wasn't in fight shape and this that and the other. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and and I'm gonna tell you what uh, as 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 good as Covington did look, his mouth did not help him out. Uh, USC execs are looking into this case after the uh, the fight. Uh, what he said about the country and people of Brazil, and um, it's not good. I mean, this might be something that he might actually get cut from the UFC for for what he said. Um, especially being on live national TV like he did, this is something that is serious, and uh, the young man definitely needs to figure out how to 
trash talk in a more professional way. Yeah, I mean, we do talk about that a lot where um, where people go back and forth and, you know, just, uh, you know, they, they go back and forth and sometimes they cross that line. They don't realize they cross that line until it's a little bit too late. And then when they try to go back and try to apologize, they just make things worse. And uh, it's definitely, he's definitely, he's young. He definitely needs to learn that there are certain places that you can say certain things. And, you know, what he said about an entire country was not okay at all. Yeah, I mean, besides that part, I'm, we're going to kind of get away from that. Um, yeah, he did look good. He looked he looked pretty decent in in that in, in the fight. Um, he landed he landed 145 of 372. He does like to throw. His significant strikes were 111 of 331. Um, the biggest thing was is Damian Maya went 0 for 12 for takedowns which makes him 0 for 33 in his last two fights. And Damian Maia is supposed to be one of the best grapplers in UFC history, and he's been getting stopped. Yeah, so he definitely ate 29-28, 29-28. You kind of have to sit there back and say, well, this, close, this fight was pretty close to say that, hey, you know what? It, it was, um, you know, Jim Miller came out and grabbed a round from, you know, one of those rounds. And uh, Francisco definitely got punt, uh Ended up taking the other two. So it, it could be one of those fights that, you know, if it's in a different spot, maybe not in, in Brazil, it may be back in the U.S. and Jim Miller is fighting again. Could have been 29, 28 uh, Jim Miller. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that, that's part of what, uh, part of the, uh, the the deal with leaving it into the judges' hands that we've talked about this over and over and over. Um, one of the, now and now uh, Jim Miller, uh, he's on a, uh, three fight losing streak. He's lost to Dustin Poirier and Showtime Pettis. Um, before then, he had a, a three fight win streak, but now he's on the losing streak. So we got to kind of see what's going to happen with him and here in the next few, next uh, next few months. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. No doubt at all, man. So, what do you feel about um, next fight, man? Ending in a submission guillotine. It was definitely uh, definitely a well rounded victory for um, for Pedro. Um, you know, though, over Rob, Rob Funt, it was some. it's one of those things, man, where you know it was going to happen. You saw the moves, you saw like the technique going in and sure enough, it happened, man. So how do you feel about, uh, how do you feel about the fight? Uh, that one, I, I barely got to watch a little bit of it. I got to watch the last part of that first round where he got that, got the guillotine in. Um, from what, from what I did get to gather on that, we, uh. Rob Font did look like he was throwing a bunch of punches. Looked like he was landing them. I mean, going to our, where we get our stats at USC.com, and he was thirty for sixty-eight and thirty for sixty-eight on both significant and total strikes. And uh, Pedro Munoz was forty or twenty of forty-eight on both those two. So uh, it looked like these guys were throwing for a quick second, and then decided to switch it up. And somehow the Rob got in that uh, Pedro got that that got into that position to get that guillotine. And choked him out. Yeah, no, it was a great move, man. Especially with Pedro getting in, just kind of sliding in and just trying out to finish the fight, man. So I definitely have to give a huge shout out to Pedro for that win. It was definitely massive and, you know, great job for him. Moving on, man, we have the Colby Covington fight versus Damian Maya. This was one something that I don't know how I felt about the fight. I knew Colby was going to win. It was definitely a good win, but mm -hmm. it was um, definitely frustrating mm -hmm. because he kept, you know, when you go to refer to somebody, you can't. Tell them that they have a dad bod. That's just not cool. And just keep making fun of them. 
and consistently about it. And I think that was the one thing I think I had a huge problem with. Well, and, and is that with was that what Kobe Covington said? I didn't catch a lot of that interview. Is it, but is that what he, what was happening? Yeah, he was talking a lot of trash about Damian Wyatt and about how he had a dad bod and that he wasn't um, like he you know he was in fight shape and this that and the other. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and and I'm gonna tell you what, uh, as 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 good as Covington did look, his mouth did not help him out. Uh, USC execs are looking into this case after the uh, the fight. Uh, what he said about the country and people of Brazil, and um, it's not good. I mean, this might be something that he might actually get cut from the UFC for for what he said. Um, especially being on live national TV like he did. This is something that is serious, and uh, the young man definitely needs to figure out how to trash talk in a more professional way. Yeah, I mean, we do talk about that a lot where um, where people go back and forth and, you know, just, uh, you know, they go back and forth, and sometimes they cross that line. They don't realize they cross that line until it's a little bit too late, and then when they try to go back and try to apologize, they just make things worse. And uh, it's definitely – he's definitely – he's young. He needs to, definitely needs to learn that there are certain places that you can say certain things, and, you know, what he said about an entire country was not okay at all. Yeah, I mean, besides that part, I'm, we're going to kind of get away from that. Um, yeah, he did look good. He looked he looked pretty decent in, in, a, in, in the fight. Um, he landed 145 of 372. He does like to throw. His significant strikes were 111 of 331. Um, the biggest thing was is Damian Maya went 0 for 12 for takedowns, which makes him 0 for 33 in his last two fights. And Damian Maya is supposed to be one of the best grapplers in UFC history, and he's been getting stopped. Yeah, so he definitely has not been looking good in his takedown, takedown attempts. Uh, especially if you look at his past few fights, like he's just been getting dominated in that in his takedown defense. So he's definitely gonna have to go back to go back to training camp and figure out what what he can do to better himself. Yeah, the uh, and the, well, one thing about this first fight that that surprised me was is like that. that um, Kobe Covington is not a, a, a person that I would stand and strike with. And that's what he was doing. He was standing and striking with Kobe Covington. And about the middle, uh, early to middle second round, you saw him get hurt. And he wasn't the same. He looked sluggish. It looked like he was giving up. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Damian Maya going forth. Um, Kobe Covington, he called out Tyrone Ridley. I don't know if we get him that title shot immediately, but it'll be interesting to see. I want to see him against Wonderboy or something or somebody in that, or even that, or Jorge Mazzaval, one of those two fighters, before I give him uh, Tyrone Ridley. Yeah, I think he, he was calling it and he was thinking that he's going to win. But the problem is, is that Tyrone has just as, just as good hands as what uh, Colby does. And I think that when you call out the champ, man, like, you don't really know what you're doing because, yeah, you might have been able to defend against Damian Maya, but it doesn't. It's not looking promising for you against someone like Tyrone Woodley. Yeah, I think his next fight should be. So it's definitely not going to be a a title fight, but um, but definitely he could definitely t- uh, take on uh, 
Steven Wonderboy Thompson or or, or Jorge Mazzaval. I would even put him against a uh, a Rafael Dos Santos or even Robbie Lawler at this point and see what happens before I, we, we can officially say that, yeah, he's title uh, contender worthy. Yeah, I think I think it's actually a good call, man, with that Stephen Thompson pick, especially because he's going to be fighting here soon. I think just the time frame. So if those two are able to stay, let's say, relatively healthy, it might work out where we can actually see these guys fighting in probably late February, early March, and you can see uh, probably say good either Colby show up or get shut up. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens in that future fight. Um, the person I would I would really like him to see him fight, and he just came off a fight uh, in early September. Is is uh, is Rafael dos Santos? Rafael dos Santos looks really good moving up weight, where he doesn't have to cut and kill himself. So I think that's going to be the fight that I would really like to see Colby Covington fight um, before he gets anywhere else in the UFC. Yeah, isn't isn't he getting ready to fight too? He's getting ready to fight Robbie Lawler December sixteenth. So. It'll oh, definitely be uh I know that that Robbie Lawler and him agreed to that fight. Yeah, so that's gonna be a December sixteenth fight and we'll talk about that more uh later down in the line, but um like down towards the end. But yeah, the Dosanos already has lined up for a fight with Lawler and I think I mean even that fight would be a good fight because even you could be like, All right, well you guys will fight in March and he'll be set, you know what I mean? Yep, I agree. So let's move on, man. We get to the final fight, man. Derek Brunson slaying the the dragon, first round, you know, two thirty, complete knockout. It was definitely uh, vicious. Yeah, needless to say, I don't. Uh, I was team uh, Machida because I I, just, I like Leoto. I do. I knew that Derek Brunson was a uh, a person that uh, you don't mess with. He does have that knockout power. He's very athletic, um, and. It was kind of a weird knockout because it looked like Leoto went to to almost sprawl, but he slipped and then got onto got put on his back and then just got hit like four times. Um, so I don't know. That's going to be an interesting uh, um, future down the road. But for both these fighters, Derek Brunson, he's on a, a two fight win streak. He beat uh, Daniel Kelly in June of this year, but uh, before that, he lost to Anderson Silva, Robbie, and Robbie Whitaker. So it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen for these guys. Yeah, no doubt, man, especially with Leo Machida. You know, he's lost uh, four of his last five fights, you know, all to either contenders or future contenders, right? So Chris Weedman, he beat CB Dalloway. He lost to Luke Rockhold. He lost to Yoel Romero, and then he lost to Derek Brunson. So it's definitely something to be said because he's lost – He's lost eight fights in the UFC, right? And this is a man who came in undefeated. And ever since he got beat by John Jones, um, the, well, he got beat by well, Mauricio Shogun beat him first, then Quentin, then John, then Philip Dave or Phil Davis. And from there, man, it's just kind of sad to see how far uh, the dragon has fallen since he um, he fought. You know, since his last few rounds where. He debuted as a middleweight back in October of 2013 at 185, and then he beat Mark, he beat Gagard, and then he lost to Weedman, beat Holloway. Now he's been beaten by Luke Romero and uh, Brunson. So it would be interesting to see what happens to him. I think for Machida, it's probably time to go back up to 205 and fight at that weight because he had a lot of success. 
And I don't know if uh, fighting at 185 is necessarily the answer anymore. Yeah, see, and I, I, I totally disagree with you. You know, I, as much as I love the dragon, here's the thing. He is uh, 39 years old. I think it's time for him to really contemplate of hanging them up and doing something else because um, he's not a contender like he used to be. No, he definitely isn't. But with the experience, though, I mean, we've seen he's fought certain fighters who were fighting at, well, at 40, 41, 42 years old, and they were still semi-competitive. I'm not saying they were the best, but there's something about Leota Machida and the ability that he has to move in and out, plus using his karate to, to attack that allows him to be better than what his competition is. And, I mean, even though the last three people he's lost to, they were all future champs, except for Yoel. They're future contenders, we'll put it that way. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just think that um, that his last three fights, he's worked, looked really sloppy and has been ended pretty fast. And um, that just shows that like either A, the talent is getting that much better, or B, his heart's not into it like he was when he knocked out Rashad Evans for the title. And you know what? That's very true, man. It, it very well could be a, a, a combination of both those things, especially with, you know, he's getting older in age, like you said, and he's also got a few other things kind of going against him where it's, you know, he's, you know, he's old, you know what I mean? But not even just necessarily that he's old, it's just that he's I don't know, he may not be into it as much as he, he used to be. So you definitely have a point there, man. I have to agree with you. So let's hop this off this Brunson topic, man. We got a great fight card coming up. So if you guys are not excited about UFC 217, I don't know where you've been this whole time. A lot of great fighters. Back in July, Anthony and I did our fantasy fights. And randomly, man, what is it? Nine of the fighters that we picked have been on, are on the fight cards. Yeah, agreed. Um, for, um... From from Stephen Wonderboy Thompson to to uh, the fights that we've called, like the, the Joanna versus Doug Rose, the Cody versus TJ, and then I got Bisming versus GSP. I mean, we've we've called we literally caught a lot of these fights to happen, and now it's all coming to next or here next week and this Saturday it's going down. Yeah, I mean, OSP, Olenek, uh, Mickey Gall, uh, as you mentioned, Thompson, uh, Joanna, Thug Rose. Like, it's just a who's who's list of people who are fighting at this, and it's just going to be an amazing fight card, uh, especially with James Vick coming back, the Texas ex- the executioner, going to be getting back in the, in the U.S. in the MMA, so it's going to be good to see him back. Uh, it's just this whole fight card, man, it's just amazing from top to bottom. I guess the only complaint I have about this fight card would be the lack of female fighters represented on it. I mean, there's a couple of fighters on here that I don't think should belong. And I, as far as that, I mean, Johnny Hendricks, man, he has trouble making weight. I don't ever really trust that he's going to be there and make weight and be competitive at the weight class that he's at. So I don't think he probably should be on this fight card. You know, I think he's probably more due for like a, a fight night card. Agreed. And being in New York City like this, I, I don't think Johnny Hendricks is in here. And that was kind of something that we were talking about last night because I had a bunch of I had a bunch of friends that we played poker with last night, and uh, we we're all kind of watching this. And Johnny Hendricks came up, and you know what? Uh, I kind of made the made the uh, my uh, prediction on that, and I think he's going to win this fight. But I also think he's going to give up twenty percent of his purse. If he's not going to make weight. 
Yeah, I definitely, I definitely see that being the thing, man, because that is a real deal, you know, that in this main fight card where, you know, lately, you know, he's kind of looked a little sloppy and maybe if he wins this fight, he calls out GSP and says, hey, we have business that we need to finish or blah, 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 blah. But I definitely agree, man. He gives up 20% of his purse because he doesn't, he's got a history of not making, has not been looking good in his takedown, takedown attempts, uh, especially if you look at his past few fights, like he's just been getting dominated in that, in his takedown defense. So he's definitely going to have to go back to go back to training camp and figure out what what he can do to better himself. Yeah, the uh and the, well, one thing about this first fight that that surprised me was is like uh, the, um Kobe Covington is not a, a, a person that I would stand and strike with and that's what he was doing. He was standing and striking with Kobe Covington. And about the middle, uh, early to middle second round, you saw him get hurt, and he wasn't the same. He looked sluggish. It looked like he was giving up. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Damian Maya going forth. Um, Kobe Covington, he called out Tyrone Ridley. I don't know if we get him that title shot immediately, but it'll be interesting to see. I want to see him against Wonderboy or something or somebody in that or even that. Uh, or Jorge Mazzaval, one of those two fighters, before I give him uh, Tyrone Woodley. Yeah, I think he, he was calling it, and he was thinking that he's going to win. But the problem is is that Tyrone has just as, just as good hands as what uh, Colby does. And I think that when you call out the champ, man, like you don't really know what you're doing because, yeah, you might have been able to defend against Damian Maya, but it doesn't, it's not like a promising for you against someone like Tyrone Woodley. Yeah, I think his next fight should be so. It's definitely not going to be a a title fight, but um, but definitely he could definitely t- uh, take on uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson or, or or Jorge Mazzaval. I would even put him against a uh, a Rafael dos Santos or even Robbie Lawler at this point and see what happens before I, we we can officially say that yeah he's title. Uh, contender worthy. Yeah, I think I think it's actually a good call, man, with that Stephen Thompson pick, especially because he's going to be fighting here soon. I think just the time frame. So if those two are able to stay, let's say, relatively healthy, it might work out where we can actually see these guys fighting in probably late February, early March, and you can see uh, probably say good either Colby show up or get shut up. So. It'll definitely be interesting to see what happens in that future fight. Um, the person I would I would really like him to see him fight, and he just came off a fight uh, in early September is is uh, is Rafael dos Santos. Rafael dos Santos looks really good moving up weight, where he doesn't have to cut and kill himself. So I think that's going to be the fight that I would really like to see Colby Covington fight um, before he gets anywhere else in the UFC. Yeah, isn't isn't he getting ready to fight too? He's getting ready to fight Robbie Lawler December sixteenth. So it'll definitely be. Uh, I know that that Robbie Lawler and him agreed to that fight. Yeah, so that's going to be a December sixteenth fight, and we'll talk about that more uh, later down in the line, but um, like down towards the end. But yeah, the Dos Anjos already has lined up for a fight with Lawler, and I think, I mean, even that fight would be a good fight because even you could be like, all right, well, you guys will fight in March, and he'll be set. You know what I mean? Yep, I agree. So let's move on, man. We get to the final fight, man. Derek Brunson slaying the the dragon, first round, you know, two thirty, complete knockout. It was definitely uh, vicious. Yeah, needless to say, I don't. 
uh, Iowa's team uh, machine because I, I just I like Leoto. I do I knew that Derek Brunson was a uh, a person that uh, you don't mess with. He does have that knockout power. He's very athletic, um, and it was kind of a weird knockout because it looked like Leoto went to to almost sprawl, but he slipped and then got onto got put on his back and then just got hit like four times. Um, so I don't know. That's going to be an interesting. Uh, um, future down the road, but for both these fighters, Derek Brunson, he's on a, a two-fight win streak. He beat uh, Daniel Kelly in June of this year, but uh, before that, he lost to Anderson Silva Robbie and Robbie Whitaker. So it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen for these guys. Yeah, no doubt, man. Especially with Leo Machida, you know, he's lost uh, four of his last five fights. You know, all to either contenders or future contenders, right? So Chris Weedman, he beat C.B. Dalloway. He lost to Luke Rockhold. He lost to Yoel Romero, and then he lost to Derek Brunson. So it's definitely something to be said because he's lost He's lost eight fights in the UFC, right? And this is a man who came in undefeated. And ever since he got beat by John Jones, he can wait. And then you cannot deny that fact like when you don't make weight and you just become the same old same old person so we have to definitely i definitely agree with you man he's not he's not making weight and he probably is getting a win yeah well uh, the biggest thing is is at five of his last seven fights he's lost two and two and three of them he's not been able to make weight so uh I don't, I don't think that he definitely should not be on the main card and i, I think isn't he yeah he is on the main card he's the first fight in the main card i mean you have, which is, which is, which I get. I understand that you have to have a big name on a main card, but like you, like you said, there's a, there's a fight right under there that's probably going to be probably one of the best fights of the night. You got the uh, Texecutioner versus Irish Joe Duffy, and I think that would that be a better fight than having Hendricks. And uh, no offense to Apollo, and I'm going to murder his name just like everybody else we do, but uh, Barachechia, that close enough. Um, Definitely, I think that 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 fight could be above there, or even even this like the second fight of the night, OSP OSP versus Corey Anderson. That could be definitely be one of the uh, the opening for the main cards. You see, I think that's one of those fights too, right there, where you um you definitely have that one in in the top, and maybe you put Henderson on the early prelims because he's just not he's not the same dude. He really isn't. There's nothing special about Hendricks anymore. Big rig. At one time, had nasty hands, and seems like with uh, with his hands going the way they are and the way he just keeps moving downwards, it's it's just not him anymore. So I think you, know, I agree, man. He definitely just because he was a former champion doesn't mean that he's still that same dude. And I think he definitely belongs in like either the prelims or the early prelims fights. And I think someone like you know uh, Saint Saint Peru or Olenek deserve to be up in that main card spot. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't even I wouldn't even put I wouldn't even put him above the Mickey Gall Ray, uh, Randy Brown fight. I mean, uh, you have Mickey Gall who's four and uh coming out, and you, you got you got uh, Randy Brown who hasn't uh, who hasn't fought since earlier this year. But um, but so I would I would almost put those above those two gentlemen above any kind any uh, Hendricks fight. From here on, yeah, no, that's definitely a good point. Definitely good. I I agree, man, one hundred percent. I agree that he uh he should be moved off and he should not be allowed to be 
on a main card fight until at least he um he starts proving that he can make weight more consistently and starts winning some fights because you know unless you're trying to say that uh Paulo is going to be like that next dude and you're trying to test him out versus a, a former contender there's not a real excuse for why Johnny Hendricks deserves to be on this card yeah I com- completely I agree with you there I mean um Paulo he's 2-0 and in UFC uh wins in June of this year in March of this year so it, it'll be it'll be interesting um hopefully hopefully that's what the UFC is seeing is that maybe that maybe uh Paulo is new and up becoming best thing in the UFC and we're just testing him out but definitely should not be him and Johnny definitely should not be on the main card nah I definitely definitely agree so let's move on man enough beating up on uh Hendricks man we're gonna move on to Stephen T- Wonderboy Thompson versus uh Jorge uh, Horde, uh, Game Bread, Mazadal, man. So this will be an interesting fight as well, especially because of the experience faster, uh, factor for Mazadal, where he's 32 and 12, and he's fighting Stephen Thompson, who's just coming off of his first loss to um, Tyrone Woodley. So how are you feeling about this fight so far, man? Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Stephen's uh, Wonder Boy's uh, southpaw stance is, is very exciting to see. He He's he's got that like kung fu kind of fight going on for him. Um, I I'm excited to see what he's gonna do. Um, he's a very good striker. Very he has very good conditioning. But uh, you have Jorge Mazdaval who just came off a loss to uh, to um, Damian Maya. But before that he he beat up on it, Jake Ellenberger and then he knocked out a or before that before Jake Ellenberger he beat Ross uh, Pearson and then Jake and then Donald. Um, so I, we know that he has the power to, uh, to, to knock out people and the power to win big fights. But Jorge Masvidal is one of those people that doesn't, uh, that doesn't show up for some of these big fights. And this is one of these big fights. If he shows up and wins this fight, I definitely put him in title contentions, but, uh, we'll see which fight ha- this has. I definitely have this one going, uh, Wonderboy Thompson's going to, um, well, he got beat by well, Mauricio Shogun beat him first, then Quentin, then John, then Philip Dave or Phil Davis, and from there, man, it's just kind of sad to see how far uh, the dragon has fallen since he um, he fought. You know, since his last few rounds where he debuted as a middleweight back in October of 2013 at 185, and then he beat Mark, he beat Gagard. And then he lost to Weedman, beat Holloway. Now he's been beaten by Luke Romeo, Romero and uh, Brunson. So it would be interesting to see what happens to him. I think for Machida, it's probably time to go back up to 205 and fight at that weight because he had a lot of success. And I don't know if uh, fighting at 185 is necessarily the answer anymore. Yeah, see, and I, I, I totally disagree with you. You know, I as much as I love the dragon, here's the thing. He is... Uh, 39 years old. I think it's time for him to really contemplate of hanging them up and doing something else because um, he's not a contender like he used to be. No, he definitely isn't. But with the experience, though, I mean, we've seen he's fought certain fighters who are fighting at well at 40, 41, 42 years old, and they were still semi-competitive. I'm not saying they were the best, but. There's something about Leota Machida and the ability that he has to move in and out, plus using his karate to to attack that allows him to be better than what his competition is. And, I mean, even though the last three people he's lost to, they were all future champs, except for Yoel. They're future contenders, we'll put it that way. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just think that um, that his last three fights, he's worked looked really sloppy and has been ended pretty fast. And um, that just shows that like either A, the talent is getting that much better, or B, his heart's not into it like he was when he knocked out Rashad Evans for the title. And you know what? That's very true, man. It very well could be of uh, a, a combination of both those things, especially with, you know, He's getting older in age, like you said, and he's also got a few other things kind of going against him where it's, you know, he's, you know, he's old, you know what I mean? But not even just necessarily that he's old, it's just that he's, I don't know, he may not be into it as much as he, he used to be. So you definitely have a point there, man. I have to agree with you. So let's hop this off this Brunson topic, man. We got a great fight card coming up. So if you guys are not excited about UFC 217, I don't know where you've been this whole time. A lot of great fighters. Back in July, Anthony and I did our fantasy fight. And randomly, man, what is it? Nine of the fighters that we picked have been on, are on the fight cards. Yeah, agreed. Um, from 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 Stephen Wonderboy Thompson to to uh, the fights that we've called, like the, the Joanna versus Doug Rose, the Cody versus TJ, and then I got Bisming versus GSP. I mean. We've, we've called, we literally caught a lot of these fights that happen, and now it's all coming to next week or here next week. And this Saturday, it's going down. Yeah, I mean, OSP, Olenek, uh, Mickey Gall, uh, as you mentioned, Thompson, uh, Joanna, Thug Rose. Like, it's just a who's who's list of people who are fighting at this, and it's just going to be an amazing fight card, uh, especially with James Vick coming back, the Texas X. Ex- the executioner going you know, to be getting back in the in the UFC in the MMA, so it's going to be good to see him back. Uh, it's just this whole fight card, man. It's just amazing from top to bottom. I guess the only complaint I have about this fight card would be the lack of female fighters represented on it. I mean, there's a couple of fighters on here that I don't think should belong. And I, as far as that, I mean, Johnny Hendricks, man, he has trouble making weight. I don't ever really trust that he's going to be there and make weight and be competitive at the weight class that he's at. So I don't think he probably should be on this fight card. You know, I think he's probably more due for like a, a fight night card. Agreed. And being in New York City like this, I, I don't think Johnny Hendricks is in here. And that was kind of something that we were talking about last night because I had a bunch of I had a bunch of friends that we played poker with last night and uh, we were all kind of watching this. And Johnny Hendricks came up and you know what? I kind of made the made the made uh, my uh, prediction on that. And I think he's going to win this fight. But I also think he's going to give up twenty percent of his purse if he's not going to make weight. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely see that being the thing, man, because that is a real deal, you know. That in this main fight card, where you know lately, you know, he's kind of looked a little sloppy, and maybe if he wins this fight, he calls out GSP and says, "Hey, we have business that we need to finish," or blah 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 blah. But I definitely agree, man. He gives up twenty percent of his purse because he doesn't. He's got a history of not making. Probably get the decision win on this. Yeah, I have to go with Wonder Boy on this one as well. He's very fast. He's elusive and uh, you know, he does have the reach, plus he has the leg reach advantage in this fight. Uh he doesn't land as many as shots, but he doesn't take as many shots either. And his accuracy is a little less than what Jorge is, but Jorge he does leave himself open a lot in a lot of his fights. So it definitely be one of those things, but I definitely see Steven Thompson coming in and looking for the the finish right off the bat. And I I'm gonna even say, man, it's gonna be some kind of flash kick that's gonna happen. Yeah, I would. I would not definitely. I would definitely. Uh, 
not be surprised if, if one of these kicks lands on, on the side of the temple or on the chin and just puts out Jorge Mazdaval. Um, so that's a very good call, Cliff. I, and, um, and that's very, very possible. Let's move, let's move up a couple and, uh, or let's move down a couple. And I, and I want to talk about OSP Corey, uh, Corey Anderson. And you have OSP who is, uh, coming off of, uh, wins over Yushin Okami and, uh, and, uh, uh Marco, uh, we, we get, de Lima. Um, who do you have winning this fight? So it's going to be funny to say it like this, man, but it would not surprise me if OSP wins this fight with the LaFleur choke again. Oh, you calling the LaFleur choke again? Yeah, I just, it's, it's weird, man. He baits a lot of guys into it. He takes them to the ground. He baits them into it and guys always take the bait and then he finishes them off from there. So I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to surprise me if he takes him to the ground. He finishes him off with the little floor choke. And this would be the one that, that, that I can see that because Corey Anderson is a, a wrestler. He's 60% takedown. He's a very, very skilled wrestler. He uh, he went, he went wrestled at the College of Wisconsin, uh, White, Whitewater. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think that I'm going to go with OSP. But I think I'm going to go with OSP winning by KO. No, definitely a strong call, man. You know, he does have the reach advantage. He does like to throw a lot of strikes. Uh, Corey Anderson has been known for throwing a lot of punches, but unfortunately for him, he um, he tends to tends to leave his hands down when he tries to throw. So we'll see what happens, man. Um, one thing about OSP, though, is that he's definitely, uh, I don't know, man, it's tough to say because he's got a glass chin as well. And we've seen him be finished before in rather quick fashion at that. So unless OSP can secure a takedown, the one thing about wrestlers is that they hate being on their back. And until they start training in a, in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu kind of world and learning how to get comfortable on their back, they're always trying to panic to get out. And that's why I think I see LaFleur putting in a, or the LaFleur choke being put in early. Okay, agreed. And um, so let's move up to the next fight after, after theirs. And let's talk about uh, Randy Brown versus your boy Mickey Gall. I just want to give you a moment of a talk about him. I know you and him talk on the side here and there and uh, on Snapchat. I just kind of want to hear what you got to say about this fight. Yeah, man. So the rude boy is definitely going to be somebody to watch out for. He's definitely got a lot of fast hands. He definitely loves to throw a lot of punches in and out. But the problem about him is that uh, he definitely has uh, his wrestling issues, right? So his takedown accuracy is only at about 33%, where his takedown defense is at 77 uh, Mickey is coming off of a short, you know, he has got a small career where he's 4-0 currently right now. Uh, and he's got a hundred, he's got a hundred percent takedown plus a hundred percent defended. And the one thing about him though, is that Mickey Gall loves to submit people. He will always go for the submission. So if he can get you on the ground, you're definitely looking for him to tap somebody out. And if you watched his previous fights and we're not even just talking about the CM Punk fight, we're talking about the Sage uh, Northcutt fight. Uh, he was willing to throw hands with, with him and he did. They threw hands back and forth. He landed, knocked him down. And then eventually went in for the takedown and the, and the finish. So it would definitely be interesting. But I definitely have to take uh, Mickey Gall. And I'm going to have to say uh, Triangle Choke. Ooh, Triangle Choke. I am uh, going to agree with you. And I'm going to take Mickey Gall in this fight. Um, I've learned my lessons of not not picking Mickey Gall in some of these fights. Um, thanks for making me losing some money here and there. But I'm definitely not going to be gambling on this one. But I am going to put... I'm going to take Mickey Gall, and I'm actually going to call it on the rear naked choke. Okay, so, yeah, it's definitely going to be great. Um, he is he is great for putting people in that, in that submission and finishing that submission off. I just think he's going to try to finish off some, some another way. And, you know, Randy Brown, he's definitely got some great hands. He definitely looks for knockouts. But um, 
we'll see what he does because uh, his submission game isn't going to be on par with Mickey Gall. So we'll see what happens. Very good. I uh, and the last last fight I kind of want to talk about at before we got moved up onto the neck the the title fights that we have at ten, that ten, uh, tomorrow on uh, Saturday night is uh, is the Texecutioner versus Irish Joe Duffy. This is a uh, I'm excited because I am a big Irish Joe Duffy. You can wait, and then you cannot deny that fact. Like when you don't make weight, and you just become the same old same old person. So we have to definitely I definitely agree with you, man. He's not he's not making weight, and he probably is getting a win. Yeah, well, uh, the biggest thing is is at five of his last seven fights he's lost two and two, and three of them he's not been able to make weight. So uh, I don't I don't think that he definitely should not be on the main card. And I I think isn't he? Yeah, he is on the main card. He's the first fight in the main card. I mean, you have which is which is which I get. I understand that you have to have a big name on a main card, but like you like you said, there's a, there's a fight right under there. That's probably going to be probably one of the best fights of the night. You got the uh, Texecutioner versus Irish Joe Duffy, and I think that will that be a better fight than having Hendricks. And uh, no offense to Paulo, and I'm going to murder his name just like everybody else we do. But uh, is that close enough? Um, definitely, I think that 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 fight could be above there, or even even this like the second fight of the night. OSP, OSP versus Corey Anderson, that could be definitely be one of the uh, the opening for the main cards. You see, I think that's one of those fights too, right there, where you um you definitely have that one in, in the top, and maybe you put Henderson on the early prelims because he's just not he's not the same dude. He really isn't. There's nothing special about Hendricks anymore. Big Rick at one time had nasty hands, and seems like with uh with his hands going the way they are and the way he just keeps moving downwards, it's it's just not him anymore. So I think. I agree, man. He definitely just because he was a former champion doesn't mean that he's still that same dude. And I think he definitely belongs in like either the prelims or the early prelims fights. And I think someone like you know uh, same same Peru or Olenek deserve to be up in that main card spot. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't even I wouldn't even put I wouldn't even put him above the Mickey Gall uh, Randy Brown fight. I mean, uh, you have Mickey Gall who's four and zero. Coming out, and you, you got you got uh, Randy Brown, who hasn't uh, who hasn't fought since earlier this year. But um, but so I would I would almost put those above those two gentlemen above any kind any uh, Hendrix fight like from here on. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good point. Definitely a good. I I agree, man, one hundred percent. I agree that he. Uh, he should be moved off, and he should not be allowed to be on a main card fight until at least he um he starts proving that he can make weight more consistently and starts winning some fights. Because you know, unless you're trying to say that uh, Paulo is going to be like that next dude, and you're trying to test him out versus a, a former contender, there's not a real excuse for why Johnny Hendricks deserves to be on this card. Yeah, I com- completely. I agree with you there. I mean, um, Paulo, he's Two and zero in the UFC uh, wins in June of this year and March of this year. So it, it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, hopefully, hopefully that's what the UFC is seeing is that maybe that maybe uh, Paulo is the new and up and coming best thing in the UFC and we're just testing him out. But definitely should not be him and Johnny. Definitely should not be on the main card. Nah, I definitely definitely agree. So let's move on, man. Enough beating up on uh, Hendricks, man. We're gonna move on to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus. Uh, 
Jorge uh, Horde uh, game-bred Mazadal, man. So this will be an interesting fight as well, especially because of the experience faster, uh, factor for Mazadal, where he's 32 and 12, and he's fighting Stephen Thompson, who's just coming off of his first loss to um, Tyrone Woodley. So how are you feeling about this fight so far, man? Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Steven's uh, Wonder Boy's uh, southpaw stance is, is very exciting to see. He he's He's got that, like, kung fu kind of fight going on for him. Um, I, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Um, he's a very good striker. Very He has very good conditioning. But uh, you have Jorge Mazdaval, who just came off a loss to uh, – to um, Damian Maya, but before that he he beat up on it, Jake Ellenberger, and then he knocked out a or before that before Jake Ellenberger he beat Ross uh, Pearson and then Jake and then Donald. Um, so I, we know that he has the power to uh, to to knock out people and the power to win big fights. But Jorge Masvidal is one of those people that doesn't. Uh, that doesn't show up for some of these big fights. And this is one of these big fights. If he shows up and wins this fight, I definitely put him in title contentions, but uh, we'll see which fight ha- this has. I definitely have this one going. Uh, Wonderboy Thompson's going to fan. If people don't know who uh, Irish Joe Duffy is, he beat Conor McGregor in Ireland. Um, but uh, he's on a two fight win streak. His, his last, his only loss in the UFC is to Dustin Poirier. So I'm excited to see this guy, uh, um, get back at it. Uh, he is a very well-rounded. He uh, 39% striking, 61% submission. Not a very good takedown artist, but when he gets taken down, he can wrestle with you. Um, I'm excited to see what he's gonna do in this fight against uh against James Vick, who's coming back to the UFC. Um, since he, like, his last win was against Polo Race in uh, May 13th of this year, so. It'll be interesting to see uh, if Joe Duffy can move up the ranks on, and I'm going to call that Joe Duffy is going to get the win. I think he's going to knock uh, James Vick out. So I'm going to have to disagree with you. Uh, yeah, so Joe Duffy's big claim to fame is that he was one of the few guys who beat Conor McGregor, and he did it with a triangle choke. But uh, James James Vick, the executioner, man, he's just. He's a he's on a different breed, man. He's eleven and one, of course, and you know Joel Duffy is sixteen and two. Um, but the one thing about James is that he loves to take fights to the ground and he loves to to grind out his fights. So I'm definitely gonna have to lean towards James Vick on this one. But I'm gonna go out one step further. I'm gonna say he gets the knockout, uh, even though he's only been knocked out about nine percent. His wins, nine percent of his wins, have come off of knockouts. So I'm definitely gonna go lean towards that and say he's gonna surprise some people and he's gonna look for that knockout and he's gonna get it. Very, very cool. All right, let's move on, Cliff. What do you got next? So we're going to have to go with this. So we've already talked about the Hendricks fight and how we don't think Hendricks or Hendricks was going to get the win. So let's move up, man. We're going to talk about the Steven Wonderboy Thompson fight with Jorge Mazavdal. Have we we picked our guys out, right? Or did we, we did. not? We, we both. You, you're picking uh, Steven Wonderboy to uh, get a flashy kick and knock out Mazavdal. I think he's going to decision him. That's right. You're right. So let's move on. Thug Rose over to Yoan. How are we feeling about these fights, man? Because I think you and I are probably going to be leaning the same way. All right. So the thing is, is Thug Rose is a gangster. Rose, and that's why her nickname is Thug. She is a brawler. She likes to throw. She likes to hit. She doesn't mind to bleed. Um, the thing is, is you're facing Joanna, who is probably the best striker in women MMA history. And 
you uh you have her on a fighting win streak of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight fight win streak, and um, and I think her striking ability is ninety six percent. She likes to keep it fast paced. She'll push the tempo, and I don't know if Thug Rose is going to be ready for the the fast tempo that she has. Um, her 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 only her one of her only losses, except for the and the Ultimate Fighter, was to Carolina. Uh, and Carolina showed that she would put, put uh. She paced, She picked the pace up on that fight. Um, she, in that fight against uh, against Carolina, Carolina, she only got seventy four strikes out of it. Carolina outstruck her one twenty eight to seventy four. Rose did take her down two times out of six. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see. I definitely think that Joanna uh, is gonna end up winning this. And I'm, I think I'm. I'm thinking I'm gonna call it. I'm even gonna call a fourth round knockout. That's definitely a good call. If you look back at Thug Rose and the ways that she's lost, we've had the split decision with uh, Carolina. We've had a uh, submission uh, rear naked choke. We'll probably get the decision win on this. Yeah, I have to go with Wonder Boy on this one as well. He's very fast. He's elusive. And, uh, you know, he does have the reach. Plus, he has the leg reach advantage in this fight. Uh, he doesn't land as many as shots, but he doesn't take as many shots either. And his accuracy is a little less than what Jorge is. But Jorge... He does leave himself open a lot in a lot of his fights, so it definitely be one of those things. But I definitely see Stephen Thompson coming in and looking for the the finish right off the bat. I I'm gonna even say, man, it's gonna be some kind of flash kick that's gonna happen. Yeah, I would I would not definitely I would definitely uh, not be surprised if if one of these kicks lands on on the side of the temple or on the chin and just puts out Jorge Masvidal. Um, so that's a very good call, Cliff. I and um. And that's very, very possible. Let's move. Let's move up a couple, and uh, or let's move down a couple. And I and I want to talk about OSP Corey, uh, Corey Anderson. And you have OSP who is uh, coming off of a wins over Yushin Okami and uh, and uh, Marco Wigero uh, de Lima. Um, who do you have winning this fight? So it's gonna be funny to say it like this, man, but. It would not surprise me if OSP wins this fight with the LaFleur choke again. Oh, you calling the LaFleur choke again? Yeah, I just it's it's weird, man. He baits a lot of guys into it. He takes them to the ground. He baits them into it, and guys always take the bait, and then he finishes them off from there. So I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to surprise me if he takes them to the ground. He finishes them off with the LaFleur choke. And this would be the one that, that I can see that because Corey Anderson is a, a wrestler. He's 60% takedown. He's a... Very, very skilled wrestler. He uh, he went. He, he wrestled at the College of Wisconsin uh, White Whitewater. So it's gonna be interesting to see. I think that I'm gonna go with OSP. But I think I'm gonna go with OSP winning by KO. No, definitely a strong call, man. You know he does have the reach advantage. He does like to throw a lot of strikes. Uh, Corey Anderson has been known for throwing a lot of punches, but unfortunately for him, he um he tends to tends to leave his hands down when he tries to throw. So. We'll see what happens, man. Um, one thing about OSP, though, is that he's definitely, uh, I don't know, man. It's tough to say because he's got a glass chin as well. And we've seen him be finished before in rather quick fashion at that. So unless OSP can secure a takedown, the one thing about wrestlers is that they hate being on their back. And until they start training in a, in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu kind of world and learning how to get comfortable on their back, they're always trying to panic to get out. And that's why I think I see LaFleur putting in a, or the LaFleur choke being put in early. Okay, agreed. And um, so let's move up to the next fight after after theirs. 
And let's talk about uh, Randy Brown versus your boy, Mickey Gall. I just want to give you a moment of a uh, talk about him. I know you and him talk on the side here and there and uh, on Snapchat. I just kind of want to hear what you got to say about this fight. Yeah, man. So the rude boy is definitely going to be somebody to watch out for. He's definitely got a lot of fast hands. He definitely loves to throw a lot of punches in and out. But the problem about him is that uh, he definitely has uh, his wrestling issues, right? So his takedown accuracy is only at about 33%, where his takedown defense is at 77 uh, Mickey is coming off of a short, you know, he has got a small career where he's four and zero currently right now. Uh, and he's got a hundred, he's got a hundred percent takedown plus a hundred percent defended. And the one thing about him though, is that Mickey Gall loves to submit people. He will always go for the submission. So if he can get you on the ground, you're definitely looking for him to tap somebody out. And if you watched his previous fights and when I even just talked about the CM Punk fight, we're talking about the Sage, uh, Northcutt fight. Uh, he was willing to throw hands with, with him. And he did. They threw hands back and forth. He landed, knocked him down, and then eventually went in for the takedown and the, and the finish. So it would definitely be interesting, but I definitely have to take uh, Mickey Gall, and I'm going to have to say uh, Triangle Choke. Ooh, Triangle Choke. I am uh, going to agree with you, and I'm going to take Mickey Gall in this fight. Um, I've learned my lessons of not not picking Mickey Gall in some of these fights. Um Thanks for making me losing some money here and there, but I'm definitely not going to be gambling on this one. But I am going to put, I'm going to take Mickey Gall, and I'm actually going to call it on the rear naked choke. Okay, so yeah, it's definitely going to be great. Um, he is he is great for putting people in that in that submission and finishing that submission off. I just think he's going to try to finish off some so another way. And you know, Randy Brown, he's definitely got some great hands. He definitely looks for knockouts, but um, we'll see what he does because uh, his submission game isn't going to be on par with Mickey Gall. So we'll see what happens. Very good. I uh, and the last last fight I kind of want to talk about at before we got moved up onto the neck the the title fights that we have at ten, that ten, uh, tomorrow on uh, Saturday night is uh, is the Texecutioner versus Irish Joe Duffy. This is a uh, I'm excited because I am a big Irish Joe Duffy fan. If people don't know who uh, Irish Joe Duffy is, he beat Conor McGregor in Ireland, um, but uh, he's on a two fight win streak. His his last his only loss in the UFC is to Dustin Poirier, so I'm excited to see this guy uh, um, get back at it. Uh, he is a very well-rounded. He uh, 39% striking, 61% submission. Not a very good takedown artist, but when he gets taken down, he can wrestle with you. Um, I'm excited to see what he's going to do in this fight against uh, against James Vick, who's coming back to the UFC. Um, since his last win was against Polo Race in uh, May 13th of this year. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if Joe Duffy can move up the ranks on. And I'm going to call that Joe Duffy is going to get the win. I think he's going to knock uh, James Vick out. So I'm going to have to disagree with you. Uh, yeah, so Joe Duffy's big claim to fame is that he was one of the few guys who could beat Conor McGregor, and he did it with a triangle choke. But uh, James James Vick... The executioner, man, he's just he's on he's on a different breed, man. He's eleven and one, of course, and you know Joel Duffy is sixteen and two. Um, but the one thing about James is that he loves to take fights to the ground and he loves to to grind out his fights. So I'm definitely gonna have to lean towards James Vick on this one. But I'm gonna go out one step further. I'm gonna say he gets the knockout, uh, even though he's only been knocked out about nine percent of his wins. Nine percent of his wins have come off of knockouts. So I'm definitely going to go lean towards that and say he's going to surprise some people and he's going to look for that knockout and he's going to get it. Very, very cool. All right, let's move on, Cliff. What do you got next? 
So we're going to have to go with this. So we've already talked about the Hendricks fight and how we don't think Hendricks or Hendricks was going to get the win. So let's move up, man. We're going to talk about the Steven Wonderboy Thompson fight with Jorge Masvidal. Have we we picked our guys out, right? Or did we, we did. not? We, we both. You, you're you picking uh, Steven Wonderboy to uh, get a flashy kick and knock out Masvidal. I think he's going to decision him. That's right. You're right. So let's move on. Thug Rose over to Yoan. How are we feeling about these fights, man? Because I think you and I are probably going to be leaning the same way. All right. So the thing is, is Thug Rose is a gangster. Rose, and that's why her nickname is Thug. She is a brawler. She likes to throw. She likes to hit. She doesn't mind to bleed. Um, the thing is, is you're facing Joanna, who is probably the best striker in women MMA history. And you... uh. You have her on a fighting win streak of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight fight win streak. And um, I think her striking ability is 96%. She likes to keep it fast paced. She'll push the tempo. And I don't know if Thug Rose is going to be ready for the, the fast tempo that she has. Um, her, her, her only, her, one of her only losses, except for the, and the ultimate fighter was to Carolina, uh, and Carolina showed that she would put, put uh, she paced, she picked the pace up on that fight. Um, she, in that fight against uh, against Carolina, Carolina, she only got seventy four strikes out of it. Carolina outstruck her one twenty eight to seventy four. Rose did take her down two times out of six. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see. I definitely think that Joanna uh, is gonna end up winning this. And I'm, I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm gonna call it. I'm not even gonna call a fourth round knockout. That's definitely a good call. If you look back at Thug Rose and the way that she's lost, we've had the split decision with uh, Carolina. We've had a uh, submission uh, rear naked choke. With... Sorry, we had some def- technical difficulties. The one thing I wanted to talk on, man, was that uh, Torres, uh, Torres, Esparza, and uh, Carolina, right? All three of them were wrestler-based, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And so they all like to take fights to the ground. So one thing about it was that Michelle Watterson, she's a big striker. She's not much of a wrestler. And uh, Thug Rose was able to kind of take her to the ground and then jump on top and get the win. So a person who's able to wrestle back with her, uh, she definitely finds herself at a disadvantage. And that's the one thing that uh, Thug Rose is able to do, or not Thug Rose, but Yoan is able to do, where 66% of her takedowns uh, are landed and she's able to defend 81%. So I think I'm going to go out and say that Yohan's going to win this fight in the third round. It's going to be a rear naked choke. All right, very very interesting. Um, I, I I think that that's a very good call by you. Um, let's move on. Let's move up to the uh, let's move up to the uh, the co-main event, and you got the champion Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw. How do you feel about this one, Cliff? So I definitely have to lean with um, Cody Garbrandt in this fight, man. It's kind of crazy to say it like that. I know TJ Dillashaw; he was a former. Ch- well, but uh, Cody Garbrandt, man, he's just a whole nother beast. He's the guy who beat Dominic Cruz in case people just don't know who he is. Uh, Dominic Cruz was Dominic champ. I mean, it just was what it was. So to see uh, Cody Garbrandt come back, he's going to defend. He's going to fight against TJ Dillashaw. I think TJ just doesn't have what it takes to, to keep up with Cody. I think Cody, uh, he's going to show him what he says. No love. Yep, definitely. Um, and, But here's the thing. Here's the thing between uh, – between, um, T.J. Dillashaw and Dominic Cruz is is T.J. Dillashaw is a 
better striker, more more to the tee. And um and so that that that's gonna be the biggest case is uh is is Cody made Dominic throw wild punches and miss. And I think that uh that's something that TJ's not gonna fall for or fall into. But I still do think that Cody's still gonna dominate this and um and I think that Cody's gonna get the win. I do I don't think he's gonna knock out TJ. If he does, it's gonna be in the fourth round. But I do think that it's gonna be a major decision win. So yeah, that's definitely a good call, man. You definitely you could be on the head with that one. Uh like I said, man, I just think Cody's just he's on a whole new level and it's just it's cool to see him get on that level and stay on that level, so we're going to move on, man. Championship fight. We've got to call this out, man. Just how we think what's going to happen. We know who it is. It's Michael DeCount Bisping for uh, George's Rush St. Pierre, man. So talk to me a little bit, man. How you feel about GSP coming back in and getting a title shot right off the bat? Uh, you know, I'm a, a, at first I wasn't really okay with it I, while well, being the, the the heavier weight class that he's coming down to. But uh, um, I uh, – but it's George St. Pierre. It's kind of like the Anderson Silva. If Anderson Silva would have left for a few years, I would have been like, yeah, Anderson, Anderson Silva is my favorite fighter. I would have been like, yeah, of course he's got to have a title fight. George St. Pierre is probably the best, if not the second best fighter to ever come out of the, out of the UFC. And everybody talks about Anderson Silva and Mighty Mouse. But GSP was well-rounded. When you pointed out what he couldn't do, he fixed it and he beat you with it. Um... So I'm okay with GSP getting this title fight immediately. Um, what I'm not okay with is 15 pounds uh, lighter than Michael Bisping. Do I do I think that 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 Michael Bisping is going to win this fight? Absolutely not. I do not think so. I think Michael Bisping lost to Dan Henderson on his only title defense. Um, but 15 pounds is 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 a lot of is a lot of weight. Um, so I'm just excited to see GSP get back in the cage finally after his little standoff and retirement of, with the UFC. Um, and I'm excited to see if Bisping is going to be able to push the tempo like he did and uh, beat one of the top three greatest UFC martial, mixed martial artists ever. And he, uh, he he did beat Anderson Silva. So, I mean, Michael Bisping is no slump. And I think that it's going to be a really good fight. But I think George St. Pierre is still going to come out with this victory. So I definitely have to say that GSP is probably going to come out with this victory, and I think it's going to be my decision. I think because it's in Vegas, it's definitely going to be a huge, uh, huge advantage for him because the last two fights that Michael Bisping had won, both against Dan Henderson and Anderson Silva, those fights were in London. And those fights that went to decision, the London judges pulled for the London boy. So I definitely think being in, in the U.S. is definitely going to be a whole different beast. So Michael Bisping has to be ready to get in a fight. But I think GSP is just... He's too ready, and he really looks calm, like way too calm for someone who's coming back into the UFC for the first time since, you know, 2013. So he'll be – it looks like he's ready just to get back in, and it looks like he's kind of got that fire passion uh, back in him. And I'm, I'm curious to see what GSP is going to be able to do while he's in the, in the octagon this, this time against Michael DeCount. So I think he definitely gets a win. I think it goes by decision. Yeah, I, 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 I'm excited to see GSP back in there. Everybody – I wasn't a big GSP fan when he was out here taking taking everybody on. I, I did feel like he did lose one fight to Johnny Hendricks. Johnny Hendricks outstruck him, but uh, 
But I, I do think that looking back on it now, that GSP streak was was awesome. It was phenomenal. Um, wins wins over over uh, Carlos Condit, wins over Nick Diaz, and uh, Johnny Hendricks was just cementing his legacy. And I now he's back at it, and I'm excited to see what's gonna happen. Yeah, so the two losses that he has over Matt, uh, two losses he had from Matt Hughes, Matt Sarah, he's come back in avenge in back-to-back fashions. So definitely, I'm definitely pulling for him. I definitely think he's gonna come out and win this fight. You know, there's no disrespect to um, Michael Bisping, but I just don't know if Michael Bisping knows what he's in for fighting someone like GSP. Yep, I agree with you. Um, just he he's probably fighting the best tier fighter out there that's stepped into the octagon, and I think that he he's gonna get he might get outclassed in this fight. I definitely think so as well, man. So it'll be interesting to see, man. We do have a lot of big fights coming up, um, especially after this one. It's gonna be massive, massive fights coming up. So uh, we'll keep going because you know November, November, December time frame. It seems like. November, December, and July are usually the times where the UFC wants to put on their big names and put the big fights out there. So we'll definitely keep in touch, keep in touch with all the fight cards coming up, man. So with that being said, though, let's um, let's go ahead and take this to the wrap up, man. So why don't you give us your Lincoln Love? All right, perfect. Yeah, definitely. Um, my Lincoln Love, as usual, it is the band Trexler. I just got done rocking out with them on Friday night. Uh, a big shout out to Jada uh, Couture. She she uh, put out uh, her promise, and I gave her one of our shirts that we that we branded out with Saratonics. I, I told her she can do whatever she wants with it, and she made it look amazing, and she wore it to her show, and I had a bunch of people asking me about that. So shout-outs to Jaden Trexler. Um, always shouting out Saratonics. Should I shout out our, both our podcasts that we do, Get the KO and Your Sports Therapy, um, Arthur's big into helping us promote. He really does love what we do and the idea of what we do. And they're, they're, they're amazing, man. They are always all rocking when they get on the stage. They are going to be back at the 501 on this, uh, I believe it is this Friday night. It's either this Friday night or this Saturday night. It's one of the shows that I cannot make because of military, uh, duties, but they will be rocking the 501 down to the ground again. Um, the second Lincoln Love was today. My buddy, my old supervisor from IBM, Scott Albanicious, finished a uh, his half marathon, his first half marathon, and I was able to watch him finish. So uh, shout out to, to that dude. I am so proud of him just for finishing a half marathon. Um, if you all need a haircut, definitely go to my barber on uh, 70th and Pioneers at Von Hare. Her name is Carly. Uh, definitely go get your hair done by hair. She does my hair every drill weekend or whenever I need to look good for any kind of occasion. She's the one that I go to. Um, you can get up on her Facebook. It's Carly the Barber. So go check her out. And last but not least, Sheratonics, um, the company that we branded out and launched up, uh, with Lloyd, uh, Chanda, Ethan, and Cliff and myself. Um, we have t-shirts and they're getting ready to be made. If you, uh, if, you're in Lincoln and you need, needed one. I have shirts here ready. So we'll hit that up. Yeah, there's no doubt, man. Especially, I, I want to give a huge shout out to Saratonics as well, man. It's definitely a dream come true to be able to get our own gym slash lifestyle apparel out and about. And so getting people out there excited about it. So I'm definitely excited. Uh, just, just having a great team together and being able to talk about it. So I definitely have to give a lot of love to, to Lloyd, Chanda, Ethan, Anthony as well. And, uh, you know, it's just fun to be a part of, man. So we definitely, uh, you know, talk about hashtag 
the pattern. And that's what we believe in is that, you know, sometimes you feel like you're a little stale in life and you need to break that pattern. And uh, what better way to do it with T-shirt that makes you feel amazing when you're wearing it. So the other thing that we want to talk about too, man, is going to be last but not least, is always military, man. We you know, want to give a huge shout out to our brothers and sisters overseas as well as um, Homefront. So, you know, you guys, if you guys ever need anything, you guys ever feel like you're in trouble or there's just anything that's going on with you guys' lives and you need someone to reach out to, Anthony and myself, we're always here. We're always reaching out. We're always looking to talk to you guys because we know how hard it is to be out in the, in the regular world as well, in the civilian world. And, you know, you need sometimes you might not have the connections that you're looking for. You just need someone to talk to because, you know, something just isn't going right. Uh, you guys can find me on my Snapchat, Instagram, as well as Twitter at CM underscore Miller 85. You guys can find me on Facebook as well. Um, and then you guys can always just uh, reach out and just reach out and call, reach out and text, reach out and send a message, whatever it may be. I'm here. And, uh, you know, we, we, Anthony and I do a lot of support for a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, uh, awareness uh, companies. So whether it be Team 22, Mission 22, uh, I Got Your Six, you know, Anthony's got his that he represents, and I'll let him talk about it. But, you know, we're always here for you guys. So just reach out, man, and we'll be here to talk to you guys all the time. Yep, like like you nailed it right on the uh, nailed you nailed it right on the head there, Cliff. Um, Twenty veterans a day uh, um, kill themselves due due to not having so- someone to talk to or or going through some issues that that we that that me and Cliff kind of go through ourselves in our lives. And I do want to give like, give a shout out to everybody that if you guys need us, don't hesitate to call us. Don't hesitate to Facebook us. Hit us up on our Snapchats, our Twitter, our, our uh, and our Instagram. We're always open. If we don't hit you up immediately, we guarantee that we will hit you up. It might be a couple hours. We might be, be, be busy um, doing something, but we will hit you up. It's never too late. Um, definitely, the the the, the the people that I uh, the the groups that I support is I got your six mission twenty two. Hopes for Warriors. I am a big supporter and donator to the USO, uh, Wounded Warrior Project, Puppies Behind Bars, and Soldiers Angels, um, and many more. And we do really love you guys, and we do appreciate everything that you guys have done for us. And that's why we always shout out these groups. Um, if you ever need to to reach out to me on my Snapchat or Instagram, that's a Luhan1985. My Instagram is my first and last name, the year I was born. So Anthony Luhan1985. If you guys follow me, I'll follow you. We do love you guys, and we thank you for everybody that has supported us through this whole path that we're on right now. Yeah, definitely. You know, Anthony hit it just right out of the park, man. We um, we appreciate everything you guys have done for us and everything you guys are doing for us, as well as getting a name out there and talking about Get the KO, as well as your sports therapy and serotonics. These are big ventures that Anthony and I are on, and we just out there grinding and want to make sure that you guys hear us and that we hear you guys and we just want to be here for you guys. So thank you again, once again, for all the support and we will catch you guys next week with the review of UFC 217. Um, and we'll be talking also about some future fights going on as well. So Anthony, why don't you give us the, sh- uh, give us the, the kickoff. Peace.